It just looks fun. It, oh no, Dave. What what? It's a food tetsubo. Saturday Omaha. Eat this. Well, TJ, uh, now that, uh, I mean, obviously, because, you know, we lost that audio getting started, uh, you being shot out of a cannon, me juggling chainsaws, and, of course, uh, Sam uh, swimming through a river of molten frosting, we're not going to be able to share uh, that, that audio. That did not end well. No, it really didn't, which is why he's not here, uh, and possibly in some type of Willy Wonka-based uh, frosting burn unit. <laughs> Um, I I just figured he had too much at 402 Munchies and had to be squeezed. Oh, oh my. Did, the, did, instead of a large blueberry, did he look like a big, like, double burger? Did, did, Samberry. Oh, oh, a Samberry. Oh, this is good. So he may have inadvertently, like, become one with one of his favorite foods, and he actually is a burger now? Is that what you're saying? Sure. Okay, okay. But well, Dave, let's talk about what we had. Possibly some uh, some lighter or heavier fare, depending on which section you uh, you wish to look at first. Well, here's the uh, interesting part. So I, you know, I, I come up with uh, some interesting ideas every once in a while. And, and thankfully, you and Sam, you know, quite often are are fine with those ideas. And and this this show, this time around, definitely different. Because I was like, Hey guys, let's go to the grocery store. Um, I would like to think of it as limited menu roulette. Ooh, very nice, very nice. Well, it it is definitely turning into the grocery store episode, uh, which is kind of a fun thing. I mean, Saturday is kind of about fun anyway, and so the this is a little unique for even even us. Uh, <laughs> and we are we are often unique. And thank you out there for listening to us. And hopefully, our uniqueness is. Maybe what brings you back time and time again, or even the first time or second time. But with that, we better talk about these grocery stores that I've been alluding to. The The situation is that I've seen stuff from these places, and I just frankly wanted to try them and see what they were all about. Now, there are awesome grocery stores in Omaha, and we might have to do additional, you know, grocery store episode part two or something like that, because Jacobo's, of course, with the salsa and carnitas, bears its own mention, um, as does Sam's Leon, of which uh, Sam's lineage uh, is is a founding uh, partner in that, uh, that location. But uh, in this case, we did something a little bit interesting. Um, I wanted to try... Korean corn dogs, because I've never had a Korean corn dog before. TJ, have you? No, I I can't say as I knew they existed before. Now it almost seems like a contradiction in terms, but apparently they're kind of a hot thing right now, both literally and figuratively. Indeed. So there's only one place in town I know that you can get these. Now I know there is a corn dog food truck, which I I would actually like to try. But in this case, there is a brick and mortar location which happens to be a grocery store. And that grocery store happens to be Midwest Oriental Foods, a longtime Asian grocery store located off of 84th and Center, but precisely at 2920 South 84th Street, Omaha, Nebraska. A 68124 is where you can find them. And they've been there a long time. I, I know I've gotten, um, you know, Asian supplies. I, I think my very first, oh, my, my first bottle of fish sauce. TJ, I, I think I may have purchased from there in a necessary component when making Thai food and and its umami power bomb that is located within. But that's not what we did today. They have fresh cooked Korean corn dogs. So the situation is you walk into this grocery store where you can get all your supplies. I actually bought some wide rice noodles to uh, cook some drunken noodles at a later date because my my peppers uh, were ready to be uh, harvested or nearly so and are harvested now. Um, but yeah, you, you head up to the counter and you say, I would like to try the Korean corn dogs. And in my case, the nice gentleman behind the counter handed me a a sleeved menu with four corn dog choices. They have the Korean corn dog, and I believe it just says sausage. Then they have a sausage dog, a cheese dog, and a cheese and sausage dog. 
and you place your order for your choice of dogs. They run uh, right about uh, five or six bucks if uh, memory serves. And about 20 minutes later, they will hook you up and they'll either get them ready in the store. In my case, they actually brought them out and did a, a curbside thing for me. But real quick, I, I would like to talk about the beverage that I got, TJ. Um, I got a beverage to drink with my corn dogs and I may pronounce this wrong and, and my apologies, but I'll do my best. But the Wungjin morning rice drink. Um, this is delicious. It is a bottled drink. The reason that I mention it here is because I was like, oh, a rice drink might be kind of tasty. And I took a drink from this rice drink and thought, this tastes like something that is, is very, very familiar to me. And I drank about half Did of it. Did you get Korean horchata? Well, that's kind of what I thought I was getting into, but uh, definitely no cinnamon in here. Um, I drank about half of it, and I'm like, man, this is familiar. And I had some later in the day, and then it hit me. This is liquid frosted mini wheats. That is what this is. So the fact that it is morning rice drink is even more appropriate because it totally tasted like a bowl of mini wheats cereal. So that was that was interesting and and a note. Um, I know it is so not probably so a a toasted rice yes. uh, type concoction where yes. it was then sweetened would be the best. Hence those those toasty almost. Wheaty notes Correct. coming into play. Wait, wait. Should I put that uh, that H more? I, I moved to the side. Should I put that H right up in the the, the wheaty notes? Yes, the... in that uh, in that rice drink. <laughs> yes, and and indeed, and and I. This may be the first bottled anything that we've discussed here on the show, but uh, I just thought it was interesting simply because it's like, oh, oh, cereal, cereal in a bottle. But let us talk about some dogs, TJ. Uh, which dogs did you obtain today, or how many did you obtain? Oh, fine, Dave. We can't talk about my bottled drink. I just got jasmine green tea from over in the cooler. What? Which is Wait, kind no. of what? Yes, we must. What was your bottled drink? It was jasmine green tea. It was pretty good. Oh, good. Um, anyway, <laughs> there's actually not much more to say about it than that. But it was a decent uh, cold jasmine green tea, which is kind of hard to find. Uh, most of the most of the ones that are plenty good hot get a little bit on the bitter side. Cold. This was a nice. Uh, Nice little thing to go along with the meal, but that uh, I got two corn dogs, and I they might be a, a hair cheaper than you're thinking. I want to say I remember like two ninety nine. I was fairly pleased with the price point, and they are a good because they are the only place serving them of which I'm aware anyway. Uh, they're a good way to get you into the grocery store because I want to say again that I paid about three bucks per uh, per corn dog. Whereas uh, the end grocery bill was somewhere around 40 or so because there were some interesting things to be had. Uh, but I wound up with uh, the traditional Korean corn dog, or at least as it was uh, uh, listed with the panko and uh, sugar on the outside. And then also the potato encrusted uh, corn dog, which was an interesting uh, affair all in and of itself just on size and and. and presentation i suppose it's a very unusual looking corn dog the potato encrusted corn dog indeed so yeah the, had, the... he had both of those things i i assume you had the uh the traditional as well so perhaps that's our our jumping off point yes indeed uh so the first thing i would say is this is not a small dog on a stick um this thing is Large. I mean, no, it's a sausage. Yeah, it it really is probably a six to eight inch type uh, wrapped item, and on a stick as a corn. So on the uh, the note of size there, Dave, I was trying to think like six to eight inches, and since I have already consumed both of my corn <laughs> dogs when I had this thought, I uh, did not have the presence of mind to measure them at that time. But I would say dinner, Frank, is probably the uh, the semi-standardized measurement to go with because if i'm buying like a nathan's or hebrew national and i'm getting something about this size it's the dinner frank i'm grabbing that's fair so I'm, that's fair i'm gonna stick with that day a, a very well coated dinner frank sized yes yes dog. yeah not not small and not a foot long somewhere in between um the the dog itself i would tell you is kind of an average hot dog it's a hot dog. I don't. I don't think it's a Nathan's. I. I don't think it's you know anything quite like that. But uh, it's it's a decent sized hot dog. But what really makes it special is the breading, 
And the breading, instead of being, well, corn dog cornmeal, is a lighter, fluffier breading on the outside with a perfect softness, and then it graduates into a perfectly crisp, crunchy outside, which is then dusted with sugar. I wasn't sure if it was going to be really fine salt, but it was sugar. Indeed. Um, I find it interesting that you went from inside to outside, whereas I was thinking of it from outside to inside, because yes, it is a sugar dusted, uh, in the case of the traditional, a a sugar and panko, you know, breadcrumb uh, dusted corn dog coating. It is a corn dog flavor, not the uh, more gritty one, as you say. And uh, my my reverse notes on the subject were that really crisp and extra crunchy with that coating outside, moving into a bit of a, a crumb, kind of a more risen texture. And yes. of course, with the moisture in the middle, it becomes a soft, almost... Uh, Almost a creaminess once you get way towards the middle, this uh, like a fine polenta kind of texture <laughs> happening there. So you, you have a lot of striations in a relatively short distance and a good uh, complement of textures. And I agree that extra crunch lent to it by the sugar and the breadcrumbs is a really good contrast to the extra soft inside. I would also like to point out, um, I did a little bit of uh, corn dog surgery, so to speak, ah. to try and get an idea of what I was tasting, because there's, there's actually quite a bit going on here. And I notice almost a sourdough uh, flavor on the inside. There's, there's a... Uh, no, a sourness is the only way I'm going to put it. It's not quite a quite a vinegar thing. I think sourdough is, is fairly appropriate. And it makes that sugar that when I read the description, I wasn't sure I was going to like. It makes that sugar make sense. They contrast with each other very nicely. And then you get into that hot dog, which is, as you say, a fairly standard, I would say, better than a ballpark, not as good as a Nathan's if, if it's on my own personal scale, but a... a Decent standard uh, hot dog with a little bit of tooth to it, and then that bit of uh, smoke flavor in there hits you. So it's a it's a really interesting little mini flavor adventure just in one bite on your way through this corn dog. Indeed, indeed, I I would agree with you there, and I I think that naturally takes me then over to the second dog that I got because I got three, and the uh, the second one I got three. This- E-30. You're still alive? I, I'm i still here. I, I am still here. But uh, I did get three. And there's only four options. I I, I almost got them all. But no, uh, I got three. The next dog that I got is actually Dogless. Dogless in Seattle. That's because it's the cheese dog. And the cheese dog that I got contains precisely no hot dog. So if one is going into Midwest Oriental Foods and you're like, I want a Korean corn dog, but... I'm not in for some meat today. I would rather just have cheese. This is a giant mozzarella stick. Not only is it a giant mozzarella stick, it's a giant mozzarella stick on a stick. So there's some type of cheese stick recursion happening here. This has the exact same breading as the the first dog that uh, TJ and I were just discussing here. But inside is loads and loads of mozzarella. Like, everywhere. Like... I, I took a bite out of this thing, and cheese is just running. And And I should point out one thing I do like about this situation is, yes, they took 20 minutes to prepare. Good. That means they're fresh, and they were hot. Uh, like I said, they brought them out curbside to me, so I was eating this thing in my car. Cheese, perfectly stringy everywhere. Uh, if you are looking for a gigantic mozzarella stick, with a little bit of different breading that you have not experienced before and uh, a nice little little sugar dusting on the outside, then the cheese is for you because, wow, cheese. What was your next one, Teach? My next one was the potato-encrusted uh, corn dog, which is basically the same idea, no panko breadcrumbs on there, and then little tiny cubes. Well, maybe not so tiny, maybe... Maybe a little bit better than a quarter inch ish. That sounds about right. Uh, cubes on the outside. Uh, if they were French fries, they would be over fried. Um, they were all that kind of really crisp on the outside, uh, a slightly darker but not too dark brown, and then 
almost kind of hollow in the middle. They were very, very crunchy. Uh, not unpleasantly so. It works just fine in this preparation. I actually prefer them this way to uh, if they were fried like what I would consider proper French fries where you notice more of a potatoey inside. I don't think I'd want that here. They're there to lend extra crunch. And whereas the first corn dog was heavy, this one could be used as a weapon. There's a lot going on on the outside of this here corn dog. Now, this certainly falls under, yo dog, I heard you like carbs, so we got you some carbs with your carbs, so you can have carbs while you carb. There were, you know, potatoes, there's, there's corn batter, there's sugar, there's all the carbs happening here. Uh, I liked it. I, I ate the vast majority. There was maybe a bite of it left because I'd eaten the other corn dog first, which may have biased my opinion because I was already getting kind of full. Um... But if, uh, if you're only going to eat one and you want it to be a whole lunch, this certainly serves that purpose. And the potato texture was kind of nice. I feel the balance isn't as good as on the traditional, but I think it's worth your time to try one, especially at the cost. You know, go in, get, uh, get your corn dog prepped, and uh, shop for a few Midwest Oriental goodies. I think in and of itself it's a, a good experience. I... I'm going to let you finish, Dave. I'm going to let you get to that third uh, third option there. But I'm going to say the entire time I was consuming these, especially when I got to the uh, the potato dog, which has so much going on for it, which is that dang uh, club-like, I kept thinking, this is a sometimes food. There's there's a lot of uh, there's there's a couple of calories in here and it's a fried food. It's really good. Again, I prefer the traditional, but you could go either way, in my opinion, and still be pretty happy. It's an entire lunch in and of itself. If you throw a drink on there, I think a, a normal, you know, everyday kind of I'm not trying to hurt myself type lunch and maybe not a Saturday lunch, but it's, it's a lunch in and of itself. And it's it's pretty tasty. But yeah, these these things are, are just a touch dangerous. And having said that, having said that I was feeling quite full with one green tea and two corn dogs, Dave, what was your, what was your experience on a third corn dog? Well, TJ, in full disclosure, there was some strategy involved in these three corn dogs. I had half of three corn dogs. Ah, that's how you survived. I understand now. Yes. In fact, uh, there was enough half left of the three corn dogs that a, a household member of mine had those halves for their lunch. <laughs> so, well, well done. Enjoying your uh, your sampling responsibly. Yes, yes. Uh, and the, uh, you, I think you're right. I think a single dog and a drink is is quite a meal uh and where you thought maybe the traditional um for me the potato was my favorite um out of all of them for a couple of reasons one the texture difference between outside and inside is awesome where you said you know as far as the crunchiness of the potato that's what i really liked it's very crunchy uh, the the breading, you know, you move to a softer component, and then you have the toothsome bite of the dog. And it, yes, <laughs> and here's what I came up with on this thing. This is your full fast food meal on a stick. Why? Because in every bite, you can get French fries and a hot dog. In every bite, the French fries are attached to the hot dog. You could dip the whole thing in ketchup and you can have ketchup, fries, hot dog, and bread all in one go. And it looks the most fun. It really looks fun. TJ, you said this thing could possibly be used as a weapon. Maybe some type of, like, food mace with its large stick and spiky potatoey outside. Uh, it just looks fun. Oh, and, no, Dave. What, what? It's a food tetsubo. Um, <laughs> a food tetsubo? All right, then. Uh well, well, well played and well eaten. Um, oh, oh, don't worry, Dave. I'm going to send you a picture of a Tetsubo, and you're going to go, oh, wow. Yeah, it is one of those. Well, thank you for, for uh, starting off my education here in, in this type of, uh, I'm assuming, hand-wielded uh, device, and uh, then continuing it so I can, I can understand what it is. But uh, this particular item, this one... 
Definitely. I mean, if you're going to do two dogs, you know, and you do the regular, the traditional, and a cheese, or they, they also have one that says sausage and cheese, and by sausage, they just mean hot dog. I do believe there's a sausage and cheese one. I did not have that one. But this and a drink is definitely a lunch, man. This thing is gigantic. It's big, uh, hot, crunchy where it needs to be, and fun. If you're going to look at a picture of Korean corn dogs, this is the one you're going to look at and go, is that is that Captain Crunch on the outside? It's not. It's potatoes. And it's like having French fries, and and it was fun. And I'm glad that I that I uh, tried this. And and that was kind of the point of this whole episode here, is that interesting things that you may not know have existed in these grocery stores. And you know you're expecting you know box things or whatever to come out. No, these are fully prepared, hot, fresh Korean corn dogs, which I don't know if you could get anywhere else in the Omaha area. So super cool. Teach. Anything else that you would like to speak about uh, our Korean corn dog adventures at Midwest Oriental Foods? Well, Dave, I think you summed it up pretty well. Though I am going to uh, to quietly, carefully disagree and say that the uh, the traditional with the panko and sugar is where it's at. However, I'm not going to fight you on that one because you have a food tetsubo. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I I glad as uh, mentioned on prior shows that you get varying opinions. So TJ's on the uh, the traditional. Uh, for me, make sure you get the one with the uh, potato on it, or go with a friend and each get one and cut them in half because they're they're large. But uh, that was not the only grocery store that was on our uh, shopping list this time around. TJ, uh, we also had Jerusalem Grocery. So. Totally different location here. Again, kind of a uh, a a mixed episode here as far as places to go, and uh, so grocery store episode number one, but location in this case number two, Jerusalem Grocery, as at two four five five South one hundred and twentieth Street, Omaha, Nebraska six eight one four four, roughly one hundred and twentieth and Center Street. And there have been pictures shown of this place online for quite some time. And this even kind of uh, really bridges the gap between grocery store and restaurant. It is primarily a grocery store uh, with lots of Middle Eastern uh, eats, dry goods, uh, wet goods. My goodness, a gigantic selection of olive oils and lentils. all sorts of things. So I, there were many things there that I have not got a chance to uh, cook with, and some I have eaten, some I have not. Uh, TJ, I know you like to use rose water in some of your cooking at home. They have rose water available there. But in the grocery store, right when you walk in, there are three four-top tables for dine-in at a grocery store. And so it's like, well, goodness, and I, I've had a hankering for Euro for a little while here, so it's like, this this is perfect. So I got a pretty good array of things, Teach. Um, I will start with one of the small things that actually the, the the wonderful folks who were so helpful, they were wondering how we you know heard about them and uh, just ready to help us out. We came in uh, towards towards the uh, well, I came in anyway because you and I did not get to eat at the same time here, but uh, I dined in. And uh, they actually brought me out some tiny falafels at my table. I, I got two little falafels, and they were they were little crispy on the outside. Uh, crispy, I'm, I'm going to go for probably two-thirds of the way through. And, of course, as a falafel uh, might be, softer on the inside. And they were hot. They were fresh. And little tasty nuggets that, uh, that came out before my meal. Um, TJ, what, what did you get? Well, I'll tell you, I did uh, I did curbside on this one. Okay. Since uh, I I will say it's a weird mix in terms of atmosphere because they have the you know the the Lexan or whatever the non copyrighted uh, polycarbonate sheet uh, clear polycarbonate sheet barriers up. On the other hand, and I have noticed this just about every time I go in, and I, I kind of just page through the Yelp reviews as well. People seem to have this experience. You kind of feel like you're being treated like family. Like they are, as as you say, they, they seem to be happier there. They're they're glad you're trying their food. They're they're glad of the business. But they I I feel like a hug is coming at any moment. Like these people are consistently very, very nice, very pleasant, very helpful. 
it's it's a warm experience, but I see those uh, the the safety barriers up, and I feel like uh, there there is a desire to uh, to avoid contact somewhat. So I'll, I'll tend to go curbside on that one. It's nice to know that they are they are comfortable with eat in because I was looking at those tables, and it's it's a nice kind of kind of clean looking place. It 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 looks like it'd feel nice to sit down. It's it's what I remember. As a kid, some of the nicer grocery store delis being that that kind of uh, you know get a couple of nice things while you're there experience. Um, they have a, a fairly extensive menu, so I had spent a very long time uh, paging through, deciding, uh, figuring out exactly what I want, and I went with a beef shawarma wrap, some baba ganoush, and a Jerusalem salad. Oh, very nice. Well, uh, what? Uh, yeah, get, get me one of those things. So um, I uh, ate with guest Tom in, and I will tell you, I had a lovely lunch, and uh, it really did feel like family there. And you know, this particular episode, we're talking about grocery stores, so uh, ambience and uh, ambiance and and those things. You know, this this is just special, interesting nooks within Omaha to eat. So yeah, grab grab me a thing there, Teach, and and tell me what you got. Actually, Dave, I know you opted to eat in, but I opted for curbside, um, just especially since I was in a little bit of a hurry that day anyway. I had done uh, both Midwest Oriental before and then this, and I had work that day, so we were we were trying to be quick. So uh, I went curbside and grabbed a shawarma, a baba ganoush, and a Jerusalem salad uh, were my options. And I will say I had a similar experience to you, even though I was not, uh, not sitting down for the... Uh, the extra attentiveness of having wait staff, but I've had this when I go in there before. This is for the moment exclusively where I get my tahini. Uh, they don't have my favorite brand anymore, but they have one that looks just as good that I'll probably oh, be picking up within the week. So you've been here um, before? Yes, I have been in uh, ah. for groceries exclusively, and then seen the Jerusalem kitchen and went, "Oh, I want some of that." Aha. But yeah, the the reviews online seem to echo your experience and mine as well. It feels like they treat you like family. This this feels like a warm and welcoming place in terms of atmosphere for a grocery store, uh, potentially sit-down meal, potentially pick up like a deli type of uh, situation. For that type of thing, it feels awfully comfortable. Um yeah, for those who have gone through our back catalog, we've spoken on liminal spaces before. Uh, this has high potential to feel like a liminal space, but darn it, it seems like they want you there. So despite the fact that it's a few tables set up in a small grocery store, it feels pretty warm and welcoming. That said again, curbside. And you've asked me to uh, to go through my food items. So Dave, I'm going to pick out the simplest one first yeah. and we'll uh, use that to get into these descriptions. The simplest one of the bunch is the Jerusalem salad, described as tomato, onion, cucumber, parsley, olive oil, and lemon juice. Uh, I believe the actual description is slightly more flowery, but not much, and darn it, it's roughly that. It is a lot of these items, uh, nicely dressed with that parsley, olive oil, lemon juice combination cut into a... Uh, it's a fine dice of the tomato, the onion, and the cucumber all together dressed in that parsley, olive oil, lemon juice combination allowed to kind of sit and meld. This actually, despite that it's a, a salad and you would tend to go for that first in your meal, I left it for last just kind of out of happenstance. But I think allowing that to sit and marinate, this would be a really good, uh, assuming you're on a day like we're having, have been having lately, a, a nice fall day or maybe a spring day or winter, something a little bit on the cooler side. If you left this for last or you used it as an item to travel all the way back to the house, it would work well because those flavors are only going to sit there and get nicer and meld together. It's everything I like about Pico de Gallo and none of the things I don't like about Pico de Gallo. <laughs> it's, it's that finer diced stuff, that very fresh flavor and all of these things melded together. The cucumber makes it so fresh and, and pleasant, and it's it's filling. Um, I'm going to say cucumber for the millionth time here now, but uh, cucumber in and of itself never feels that filling to me, and it was a good portion of the salad, but everything together with uh, with that much flavor, it just felt fresh, and, uh, and it comes to you in a 
a little kind of a pie tin when you're doing uh, takeout. Okay. And this was a a heavy little pie tin. This was a lot of food, but not a whole lot of calories and plenty of flavor. Again, especially for like a, a spring day, this would be a wonderful thing. But in general, it's refreshing, it's pleasant, and I could have had this and a drink and been, this is a, a normal person lunch. <laughs> you, could have, you could have this and feel satisfied and be tided over and good until dinner. This is a good, maybe, maybe a drink with just a little bit of calories in it, maybe a lightly sweet tea or something or other to go with this. And maybe, but I don't think I'd bother with some sort of bread option, just a little something to to get you through maybe your work day or to the end of the day where you're going to have a, a proper dinner where most of your calories are going to come from. This sits in that niche nicely, and I could have had it with some tea by itself and actually been pretty darn happy, which is a weird thing to say on Fatter Day Omaha, but darn it. It'd work. Well, this this is definitely an unusual episode, and in fact, probably the, the most unusual form factor we have released upon the airwaves uh, simply because it's the grocery store episode. Well, what's interesting the, is— the, the episode with a Fatter Day listener trigger warning where we recommend a salad <laughs> exclusively for lunch. Well, here, let me, let me break this down to you. Guess what? One of the things I got was I got the vegetarian grape leaves— <laughs> So, oh, I was wondering about those. Do tell. Um, I th- that was I think you would have loved these, TJ. They were stuffed with rice, chopped tomato, parsley, green onion, covered in lemon juice and olive oil, and from what I saw on there, quite a bit of garlic. Um, listeners, I I'm kind of sorry, not sorry for this one. Uh, after my meal, there there might have been um air exhalation that uh, happened abruptly that sometimes makes a little bit of of volumetric noise coming from one's mouth which one would typically cover their mouth and and say excuse me and it was delicious um <laughs> there was just garlic essence um anyway the grape leaves you get 10 of these they're small little um i, I will say cigarros of grape leaves stuffed with a dense rice mixture and they are served with a a dipping sauce which it's not a tzatziki it's it's called laban um that is served with them a, a white creamy sauce and tj i i may have to go on some type of like Saturday psychiatrist couch. I we've been doing this show for over three years, and I I keep you know talking about the white creamy sauce rule. But my goodness, in 2021, I just keep breaking this rule all over the place, and and maybe my palate is just becoming more diverse because there was plenty of stuff today. And and well, back to these cigarros here, the uh, the vegetarian grape leaves, um, ten of them stacked in two. Uh, I should say, lined up in two parallel rolls with a dense filling, a nicely wrapped grape leaf, and covered, as described, in that lemon juice. And I, I think you would have really liked these. They are served cold. Um, I will tell you that I, I have not had a lot of stuffed grape leaves. I was expecting them hot, but that was just my expectation. Um, I don't I'm not sure if you'd want them hot or not, but uh, yes, a, a cold vegetarian snack with some complex flavors happening a fun appetizer and easily shareable between two people because there's 10 of them on this plate oh goodness yeah i i didn't order them partially for fear of uh of sizing on that but they they looked good i could just only cover so much of the menu so i'm definitely glad you had them and i will probably be going back for those as well and yeah that uh, that seems to be a theme not uh, not everything uh, I had was cold, but some surprising items. Uh, we will get to the shawarma soon, but I'm still not sure if it was served warm-ish and my uh, travel time uh, caused me to have cool shawarma or or not. But yeah, and it, not not to spoil that section of the review here, but it worked as it did with your uh, your stuffed grape leaves. I think cold is... I. I like having foods that I can have cold out of hand. I could have thrown any of my items and apparently your grape leaves in the fridge and had it later 
and enjoyed it a lot. Oh yes, I could pack. I could actually pack a lunch for once instead of packing ingredients that I have to cook through hopefully means other than a microwave, depending on what's available to me. I I could just put this in a bag and and eat it later and be happy about yeah, it. Yeah, and f- how novel is in that? In fact, uh, man, I'll tell you, if you just got those grape leaves for lunch, ten of those suckers with that dip and a nice beverage. Um, that's going to be a decent lunch for many, many people. However, make sure you have a fork or a lot of napkins because they are covered in olive oil. There's no shortage of olive oil given on these stuffed grape leaves. What, uh, what else did you get there, Teach? I was going to start with the next lightest thing, uh, that I got in this group. But since I have already somewhat teased the shawarma, let's talk shawarma. All right. Uh, A warm tahini sauce. This was the beef shawarma wrap. So, you know, beef, uh, cucumber, onion, and tomato in the chopped form. Also, some sliced onion. I'm going to guess something towards the sweeter range. It could have been a, a particularly mild, like a yellow onion. But I would guess something more along the lines of a white onion or maybe a Vidalia. Something something a little bit on the sweeter, milder end as the slices of onion were pretty darn pleasant in that uh, grouping. The warm tahini sauce bears going back and checking out again. I noticed some notes in there that hit kind of like garam masala. I would not guess cinnamon, uh, very probably clove, maybe some nutmeg or mace or something like that in there, maybe some allspice. I was having a hard time pinning it down. Because the flavors of this, because it's the the chopped cucumber, tomato, onion mix, I I believe with some parsley and certainly some olive oil in there, bringing it all together. That seems to be kind of a theme in quite a few dishes here. But it's it's evocative of, of roughly the idea of what it is. So that's in there with those sliced onions and the tahini sauce, in addition to the spices proper, also had some heat to it. Uh, from whence I could not tell you, but had heat and certainly some acid as well, be that lemon juice or some type of vinegar, something that behaved itself really nicely. So depending on what you're you're finding in that individual bite, what your mindset is, what uh, how long that particular bite has been in your mouth, you're getting a different hit of, I, I notice the, the acid up front, followed by the spice and then the heat on the back end seems to be kind of the order. But depending on what combination is hitting your tongue at the time, it changes a little bit. There really is a lot going on here, despite a fairly simple ingredient loadout. Uh, This was either it was served cold or it got cold. I I wound up, I was looking for a park or something to dine in where I could... uh, comfortably let's be honest about what we must do for our our social media side of things here i needed to take some pictures of my food so i wanted you know some sort of sunny grassy region to take pictures of my food on so i'd have a generically nice background so that uh, that took some time and therefore it may have cooled a bit but i do believe this was served cold it seemed like it was and it was very nice cold again you got all those flavors going on and Sam would have been perfectly dead on, as he often is, with soft beefs. (laughs) This beef was soft. Um, I will admit to, if you've ever cooked a a sirloin tip roast real low and slow, it is very soft. I I wouldn't even necessarily say tender because it still has kind of chew to it, but it's very easy to get through. It's kind of a softer texture, and it gets a hint of mealiness, which in a lot of applications, like if you were to put it in a stew, would be a bad thing. In this case, it worked perfectly. That little bit of almost graininess to it, whereas it's still a a soft and, and hearty type of thing. If you were to slice up that slow roasted roast like that, and put it in with this warm, tahini, uh, spicy, heated, somewhat acidic mix with all these different vegetables. This is what you would get in a wrap that's kind of got that uh, the, the tortilla with a little bit of browning on each side. So it's, it's a whole lot of flavors, a whole lot of textures, and depending on what part of the bite you're in, how long that bite of food has been in your mouth, it hits you a little bit differently. This is a... Uh, a, a carousel of flavors, darn it. it. It's this 
grouping of, of many different things all rotating and hitting you just a little bit differently all the time. I loved this thing. I was terribly happy with this. This is... I I don't mean to badmouth places. I don't. But uh, I, I, I also understand that there are uh, local owners of national franchises. I understand that. And that there are devoted fans to those national franchises. I understand that. But let me tell you something. When I bite into like a Chipotle burrito, what I want to happen is what actually happens here. This is that happiness that I wanted out of that carby, meaty, spicy thing. It has all that different stuff going on. It has all that that freshness, all those simultaneously separate and melded ingredients. This is, and I don't think we've used this phrase on the radio show yet. I was even trying to get away from it for a while just to, to come up with something new. But darn it, it's a bag of interesting. That's exactly what this is. It has all this different stuff going on. It is at once different and familiar and sharp and fresh and warm. It's got all the things happening. And I wanted another one immediately after eating it. My Goodness, man, that sounds amazing. And I got to see one of these because uh, my co-diner, Tom, had one. It also looked huge, or at least darn big. It was not small. And so, yeah, I wouldn't go as far as huge, but definitely it it fits that. It could be a lunch on its own quite easily size. It, it was a hefty little bugger. Awesome. I I love that. And I, I kind of want one. I also got a gyro with my meal. I, I have to say, out of the two items, having seen across the way Guest Tom's shawarma wrap and hearing your description, I think that is the way to go if you're looking for a, a beef sandwich thing happening. Um, I will say this, though. The tzatziki sauce for this gyro was awesome. Yes, it was a white creamy sauce, but it was fully mixed in with a lot of dill. It was delicious. And I was like, hey, to my guest, you need to try this because it's really good. So I suppose if I was going to order a second time, I would get the beef shawarma wrap and make sure I could get a side of the tzatziki. Now, I don't know if that would make things too complicated because the... Uh, you know, the tahini and stuff. Maybe that wouldn't mix. But here's the thing. I got hot French fries, and I may have dipped them in the tzatziki sauce. And I think that is a pro move. So maybe maybe it's beef shawarma, a side of fries, and a side of tzatziki, and then you can mix it all in. So that's that would be my my move there. Teach, what else did you get? So I got uh, a somewhat lighter fare item that I have been curious about since I started reading the Jerusalem grocery menu, the Baba Ganoush, which I have been aware of, but haven't actually had one before. I did do some pre-research online, and uh, a lot of reviews say they have the best Baba Ganoush in town, and if, I, if I'm going to start with one, I guess this is the one I should be starting with. It is listed on the menu as a smooth, creamy dip made with roasted eggplant, mixed with sesame sauce and lemon juice, topped with olive oil, and served with pita bread. Um, I will add parsley which seems to be a, a again a very common component those those brighter herb flavors the dill the parsley especially those two uh, coming through on a lot of dishes there was quite a bit of it and it made the uh, the presentation nicer on this item uh, also uh, this came with an optional hot sauce which my uh, my server asked me if I wanted that in addition and I'm Actually, you know what? I'm not going to spoil exactly how that went just yet. We're going to go through this uh, as point by point as I can. The first thing I notice is the presentation on this is, I think, as nice as a a milled, homogenized dip type thing is likely to ever be. It has that kind of almost like a butternut squash color, like the outside of butternut squash, you know. But if you were to turn your, your Photoshop... Uh, editing program lightness value up a little bit, just a little bit more towards the, the white light end of the spectrum there. And then uh, with parsley sprinkled over the top and the optional little pool of hot sauce right there in the middle, 
and uh, clearly coated with a fair amount of olive oil. This was then served up with little kind of fits nicely in your fist-sized packet of very, like, nuclear-hot uh, pita triangles. And they, they kept their heat for quite some time. I think, as I mentioned with the shawarma wrap, it was a while before I actually got to the food because I was driving to a, a comfortable spot to consume said food. And they were, they were still quite warm by the time I got to them, so I had my cold dip and my warm pita slices and uh, got right to it. Uh, the first thing I notice is there's a smokiness to it. I don't think it was billed as smoked eggplant, but there was certainly a smoky flavor to it, probably from the roasting. And that, I don't know if it's that or, or the eggplant itself as well. There's a bitter component here, um, more than I would have found pleasant on its own. There's, there's, something, there's something to this, that, that smoke flavor, that by itself I would have actually found a little bit off-putting. Here's the odd thing. I, I have acquired enough acquired tastes by now to know that if I had this enough times, I think I would crave exactly that smoked taste. There's something about it. It's an acquirable taste. <laughs> I, I've learned to uh, life experience has, has taught me what is an acquirable taste and what isn't. I believe that is. So you have that, that slightly smoky bitterness. And what I wanted... It was incredibly smooth. There were a few little uh, little pieces of eggplant, which is a, a relatively soft uh, thing in this preparation, but gave it just a little bit of a bite here and there, but it was mostly very, very, very smooth, especially with the olive oil in there. And the parsley gave it a little bit of a, well, a parsley taste. You know, it has that almost uh, metallic flavor to it that parsley kind of does on the back end. So you have that that weird hit in there with the smoke. And what I wanted was probably some sort of vinegar-like element. And I assume there's lemon juice in here uh, as part of what's tying it all together. But it, it needed a little bit of something else. And I was not... I didn't dislike it, but I wasn't terribly happy with it until I got to that optional little bit of hot sauce in the middle. Now... I will say that perhaps I could have used a touch more of this, so I had it with everything. But that made this work. That with the uh, the pita bread was a good choice. I mean, granted, there are traditional ways to serve this. So, you know, it's it's been around longer than I have. I imagine people have uh, chosen pita bread for a reason. But good on you. I wanted chips or thought I did. Uh, before or that I would substitute them for the bread. They are the perfect texture and the perfect flavor for this. You add that hit of hot sauce in there and it was fresh. It was just interesting enough and it was decidedly unique versus I've never had anything just exactly like it, especially with that little bit of, of uh, smoke on the back end there. It was an interesting group of flavors and despite the fact that it was the thing that I least enjoyed of this group. It's the thing I've been thinking about going back for for two days now. <laughs> like, I really want to go get some more. I, I'm going to stick with my acquirable taste summary. For those who have had baba ganoush before, I would imagine you would like this just because it seems like a, a good example of what you can do with its component things. It's very smooth. It's very nice. It's very fresh. It feels like you're eating something kind of rich but not overly heavy and again I'm, I'm already thinking about it again I kind of want more I think this could become a craving very quickly well said well said uh yes we we need to experience more of these flavors uh the last thing I got which I'll just sum up real quickly was I got the baklava and where I would point out on the baklava is this is good the uh the folks there did tell me this is something they import from Michigan so they do not make this there, but the layers of phyllo were really good. And this is a pistachio-based baklava instead of a walnut-based baklava. And it was just a nice little bite end to the meal. So I will just cap that there as uh, good phyllo layers and uh, pistachio was kind of fun and different. So um, TJ, 
typically on a Saturday episode, we go into the wrap-up, and if it's our morsel format, we talk about the hook and the hint, and then we talk about the Frampton scale. But I, I wanted to do this a little bit differently because these are grocery stores, and the whole point of this episode was to kind of tell some folks out there some hidden things within Omaha inside of grocery stores that one could find and maybe get some some taste treats there. And, and so that is, I, I believe, mission accomplished on those endeavors today, that maybe when you're going to pick up some dry goods or canned goods or other goods, that wait a minute, maybe there's there's hot foods for you or to-go foods for you and stuffed grape leaves in a grocery store or Korean corn dogs in a grocery store. And that's just fun to me and different and kind of has its own fatter day component. TJ, would you like to state anything else about our uh, two places that we tried out? I'm going to say, well, these places don't necessarily fit the mold to create a fatter day rating that this exercise, so to speak, is a uh, is fatter day worthy on a nice fall or a spring day, especially where it's pleasant outside to get a little something, enjoy your lunch and and kind of go about your day. These are destination foods. I think they are, they are worthy of that moniker where I would definitely go to these places for just these things. It is nice that I can also get others while there. But yeah, go in and pick up. You can do a whole fatter day size meal at Jerusalem Grocery if you want. Uh, if you wanted to get yourself three of those Korean dogs, you could definitely put a hurting on yourself that way if you wanted to. But go in, get at least an item and a drink. And uh, in the case of uh, Midwest Oriental Foods, you'd be eating out. In the case of Jerusalem Grocery, you could curbside or you could dine in. Either way, go in get a thing, maybe browse around a little bit. This is enjoyable. This is still fatter day worthy, whether or not it fits the uh, the category to be judged whether or not it's Frampton. I think this is a, a fatter day thing. It, it definitely has that, that essence. Sam says he likes to go on food adventures. Finding things hidden in grocery stores that are prepared for you is definitely a cool thing. So uh, with that, I think we will uh, shut her down here on a grocery store Episode part one, I say that because there are other places around town that uh, we may encounter, but these are two fun ones. And uh, with that, I am want to say, I'm Dave. I'm TJ. And thank you so much for listening. Um, until we eat again, please share us with somebody who's hungry. Bye-bye. Our show is recorded and produced by Saturday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email FatterdayOmaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and stay hungry. Saturday Omaha. Eat this.